Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, part of our year-long series in thinking about courageous connections. And this week, I wanted to, or actually in the month of May, I want to be talking about our connections with friends and family. We'll probably come back to this in some other way in a future month, but I want to take a particular angle on it this month. And the part of this that I wanted to explore this week has to do with um, the people who are in our lives and how we feel about them. As a coach, one of the things that comes up with almost everybody I work with at some point is some level of frustration with family members or friends that are in their lives feeling torn or wondering why they always feel badly or guilty or you know different kinds of emotions or patterns with different members of their friends and family. And of course, as is our nature, one of the things that happens is we think about, you know, what's wrong with them or how come they keep making me feel this way or, you know, we have all of these things that occur. And one of the conversations we end up in is this conversation about who we allow into the various circles or spheres of our relationship connections. I usually like to lay out, there's like this inner circle and an inner circle, which are people who are most sacred, with whom we feel most comfortable and safe and with whom we feel like we can really share and show ourselves and get a powerful or get a meaningful response back from them or at least be honored by them, that there's a really small number of people who occupy the inner sacred circle of our sphere of connections. And then there's a wider circle around that that is sort of a mid-range circle of people who we might have fun with, we enjoy being with, we enjoy hanging out with and going out with, but for whom it is probably wiser for us to moderate what we share with them because maybe they're not the best at keeping confidences or because maybe they don't really know how to listen deeply to the things that matter most or maybe they're not great at offering empathy and support. So the sense of there are a lot of people in my life I might have a good time with, good to associate with, great for a happy hour, night out, you know, or sharing certain kinds of experiences. If you have kids, sharing things about our kids, but maybe they're not quite in the inner circle. And then there's this sphere outside of that, which is sort of like a larger group of people that we might just come in contact with periodically, but not have a high level of engagement. And then a layer beyond that of people that we might actively um, distance ourselves from and just not and consciously not spend time with. So why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because one of the things that, you know, as I said, we find ourselves in situations is with people who might be occupying a space in one of our circles And then it constantly not feeling good. We might be feeling betrayed by them or let down by them. And maybe we've actually inadvertently, consciously or unconsciously, allowed them into the inner circle where we expect or hope or anticipate them to play a sacred role, a trusted role, but they let us down again and again. Or maybe we've allowed them into this inner sacred space but they demand more of us than they actually 
offer and provide to us. And so there's an imbalance in the relationship. They're getting the most sacred parts of us, but we're in, the relationship is not reciprocal. And so it ends up feeling badly again and again. Or there's somebody in the inner circle who just they're there, they're an intimate part of our lives, but somehow or another we always seem to feel guilty or badly or ashamed or some other difficult emotion when we're around them. And we kind of get really frustrated about that. And so, you know, the big question I wanted to, you know, kind of address in today's podcast is, you know, where does this person in my life belong? And how do I know, right? Where do they belong? And how do I know which of these spheres that they might belong in? And one of the, I recently um, had the opportunity to be the MC at a symposium of professionals who were all thinking about how do we make the divorce process healthier. And we had an absolutely amazing keynote speaker there. His name is David Hoffman. And his keynote presentation focused on a model. It's an integrative approach to um, psychotherapy developed by Richard Schwartz that he was applying to the divorce process. The theory is called IFS, Internal Family Systems Model. And I had learned about this previously and even used parts of it in the work that I've done. And it was a great reminder back to this model. And I want to bring in an aspect of it here to help think through and sort through this question a little bit of where does this person belong in my life if I take this idea that there are different circles or spheres around me and people will fall into different ones of them. And so in the internal family systems model, it's not family systems thinking of things like, you know, parents and children and grandparents and all those kind of family systems, but rather the concept that the mind has rel- has many different relatively discrete personalities that are operating inside of it. So what does that mean? It means for example, that I have multiple parts of me. I have different um, systems operating. So I have a mom system. I have a coach system. I have a um, friend uh, a friend personality. I'm, I don't mean system. I mean personality. I have a friend personality. I have a mom personality. I have a caregiver personality in there. I have a performer part of my personality. I have a part of my personality that feels very scrutinized and judged easily. I have a part of my personality that wonders if I am likable. I have a part of my personality that is incredibly playful. I have a part of my personality that loves adventure. You get the idea. I could go on and on, and one of the things that David Hoffman had showed in his presentation was he had a slide with something that looked like a cell phone with multiple apps, and they actually were multiple apps, but if we think about the apps on our phone, we might have a game app for the part of us that likes to play games, we might have uh, an app that helps us to find a parking space for the part of us that, you know, likes to get the best deal on parking, and, and there might be an app on there that has to do with meditation for the part of us that likes to really quiet down and that. So if we even think about the variety of apps we might have on our phone, each of them speaks to a different need or a different part of us. 
that is seeking something. So the concept of having multiple parts to ourself is not brand new. It was not invented by Richard Schwartz in the internal family systems model. It was just kind of presented in a way that could be useful to us. And I want to apply it here to the situation as we think about who's in our sphere, where they, how they got there, and how, you know, where they actually belong. And so when I think about this, these spheres of myself, I think about the folks that I want in my inner sphere to be people who both activate the parts of myself that feel the strongest, that feel the healthiest, that feel the most um, sacred and important to me. So does their presence activate those parts of myself that I feel like are most authentic, that are most true, and that most inspire me and empower me? I don't often want somebody residing in my inner circle for a long time that continually activates the part of me that feels shame or that feels small or that feels not enough. Because if I keep a person who activates those things in my inner circle, I'm going to spend a lot of time not feeling good about myself. And it's nothing to do that there's something wrong with the other person or that there's something wrong with me. It's just that there's a part of me that is vulnerable, and if I'm going to decide who's going to be in my inner sphere, do I want somebody in my inner sphere who is regularly and actively going to activate that part? And I choose not to. I choose not to. I I think that person may, may be important to my life, may have purpose in sort of showing things to me, or maybe not, but they don't belong in the innermost sphere of my life. So what is it that people activate in me? Which of my parts? And then which of my parts get to come out and play when those people who are in my innermost sphere are there? So the parts of me that are playful, the parts of me that are spiritual, the parts of me that are creative, the parts of me that are intuitive, that I really appreciate, when, in the presence of whom do they find the most opportunities to come out and play? And for me, in thinking about courageous connections, the courage part for me comes in in making those choices. Sometimes it's funny. We think about the people in our lives and we say, well, they're here. They're my sister. They're my cousin. They're, you know, my coworker. They're my, you know, and some of these people are going to physically be in our lives. But the conscious choice is which sphere do we put them in? And sometimes I chuckle to myself and thinking, like, there's over 7 billion people in the world. Happenstance is just that these are the particular group of people I happen to be amidst now. Move me to another city, move me a block down the road, you know, take me and shift me just slightly, and it would be a different group of people. So there's nothing inherently essential about the group of people. They just happen to be the group of people around me. I understand if we have blood relatives, they're the ones we were born into. And if we do assume that we have some control, and I think we have a lot more than we typically give ourselves credit for, over who we allow in and how much we allow them into the inner circle space of our lives, then we potentially can make choices that can leave us feeling more cared for, better cared for, happier, um, 
and just more joyful in life. So the way that I use this system or I think about this system in relation to it, you know, one piece, as I said, is when somebody is around me, when I find myself in the presence of somebody, what parts of myself do I find those interactions activate? And if somebody continually activates a part that I don't want to have activated a lot, I move them out of the inner circle or I don't let them in, right? So sometimes they're in and I have to shift their position. Sometimes they're outside maybe seeking to get in or maybe I'm considering letting them into the inner sacred circle space and then I decide not to. And so we make a choice. Who's going to be in the inner sphere? Who's going to be in the one where I socialize a lot, I have fun with and things like that? So again, if somebody continually activates the part of me that feels shame, that feels small, that feels insignificant, I don't even want them in that second circle because if that's going to be my social circle, why do I want to have somebody who activates those parts in me in my social circle? They might be in the furthest circle out there. If they can't be in the furthest circle, they're either at the far end of the second one or into the third one. The person who chooses, however, is me. And that's, I think, the concept here that I'm really interested in um, conveying here when we think about courageous connections. We're going to encounter, if you're like me, who meets somebody on every train ride and every bus ride and every line that I stand in, I'm going to encounter thousands of people in my life. And some of them are going to want to find their own spot and their own position in my sphere Or some of them can provide opportunities for being in my sphere. But ultimately, it's I who has to take control over making the decision. And if I decide consciously based on my parts, which of my parts do they activate and which of my parts show up most in the the presence of that person, I have the ability to shape the quality of my life. If I leave it to default or I leave the decision to somebody else, then I'm going to be at the effect of that. We've all had people who sought to jockey their way into the innermost space of our lives. And sometimes it can be really painful because they constantly activate parts that don't feel good and they bring out parts in us in response to them that we don't like about ourselves. And we can live a long time like that. We can suffer a lot from that. So my invitation through this podcast is really to consider, does this person belong in my life? Does this connection belong in my life? And if so, or if I don't have a total choice about that, do I have the courage to place them in the appropriate sphere around me and then maintain the boundaries of those spheres. And so that's the courageous connect, courageous question, the game-changing question in pursuit of thinking about this form of courageous connection with our friends and family. So does this person belong anywhere in the sphere of my life? And if they belong there or they're going to be there, which circle do they belong in? We get to decide. It impacts the quality of our life. And our failure to take ownership of that means that we're relinquishing a huge amount of power that we have to 
construct to shape the quality of our lives. So this is the first episode in May for our year-long journey of Courageous Connections. If you have thoughts about it, I'd love for you to share them with me. You can share that in our Facebook group for Wonder Your Way to Brilliant. You could always email me through the website at couragetobecurious.com. And please go ahead and share and rate us on iTunes. It's really helpful so that others can find the podcast. So if you're willing to do that, I would really appreciate it. And if you have anything, um, and if you know somebody who would benefit from listening or you think would be interested, please share it with them. And of course, if you'd like to think more about Courageous Connections on a personal level, feel free to contact me. Thanks for tuning in this week, and I look forward to being back again next week for our second episode of Courageous Connections in Relationship to Friends and Family.